0: I am Kyle Rode and you are listening to the Sea of Red podcast. This episode is brought to you by Young Seal Coding. Uh, Being able to uh, have them, that was really cool. You know, they want to come support us in person more or less than watching us on
1: TV.
2: So I I, I just appreciate them for coming out here and uh, uh, letting us go out there and glorify God, you know. I've done this long enough, every year is different. There's no team that has the same DNA, same leadership, same hunger, desire, passion. That was great 2020. I got the ring. I got the picture. I got it all. I got it. I will have it framed. Top 20 in the nation. That's awesome. But
3: you know what? It's time to run to the roar of 2021. It's here. It's a different week, Malik. It's a different week, Malik. For we can, For we can. We can. Do, all do all things through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. who strengthens us who strengthens each and every day. Each and every day. may God bless
0: the
2: You are listening to the a Sea of Red podcast. My name is Chad Hassan, and we are joined by, I guess now you're the co-host, creator, all things a Sea of Red, and my good friend, John Manson. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Syracuse game, try to figure out uh, what happened. What we can do better it means for all everything as it relates to the season and then we'll try our best to flip the page to uab now let me precursor a lot of this by we are fans we're and how we kind of follow the team maybe it has an impact maybe they read our stuff maybe they see our tweets maybe they listen to our podcast but we're fans and we kind of do this you know to for enjoyment and to kind of uh, follow along with our favorite team, our team, our alma mater, Liberty University. We spend a lot of time and effort covering them and just following them as, as super fans, basically. So take that for what it's worth. And uh, John, how disappointing, and how disappointed were you on Saturday or Friday night whenever we lost to Syracuse and made a, a really nice comeback there. And it felt, like felt like the odds were stacked. We weren't playing well. Felt like a lot of things weren't going our way. Uh, just wasn't a typical Hugh freeze and company type game. But uh, how, how disappointed were you on Friday night and into the weekend?
1: Man, I, I do my best in covering Liberty to, to do it uh, fairly and as uh, – I don't know what the right words are to say, but but to do it fairly and with journalistic integrity – and, um, you know, not as a, a super fanboy from my writing and coverage of the games for the articles and stuff that, that I write for a sea of red. And I do my best to do that. But I tell you what, it is so difficult to keep those emotions in check uh, during games like that. Um, you know, close games decided in the fourth quarter with a lot riding on them. Uh, games where Liberty fell behind there in the first half by two touchdowns. It's very difficult for me to to keep my emotions in check and, and to uh, not lash out as a, a fan likes to do and, and to not, you know, try not to be depressed for the next few days. It's very difficult. I mean, I mean, it's no doubt my, you know, my fandom comes through during those moments, uh, you know, and I can't help myself. I mean, I'm a I'm a Liberty fan and Liberty die hard. It's, you know, it's why you know, you and I both do what we do with the sea of red. It's why we put so much time into it and and energy and and money and uh, just so, so much investment cuz we we are so incredibly passionate for for the team and and the programs and uh, it's very difficult, man. It, it was that loss really, um, you know, it, it hurt, you know, I don't know how else to describe it. It hurt. And I don't, you know, I mean, and we've been spoiled. I mean, we've, we talked about, we talked about it last week, how we get on this you know podcast every week and talk about, you know, how the program has gone to new heights that we've never seen before. And, and it's true. I mean, 15 and one and 16 games, you know, going back to 2019, that's just you know, now 15 and two, that's just unheard of. And those two losses were by a field goal to two ACC teams, you know, losing two games by a total of four points to Syracuse and NC state. I mean, if you would have told us that, you know, two years ago, three years ago, when we were, you know, talking about moving to the FBS or or five or six years ago before, when that was still just a dream, we would have, you know, jumped at that opportunity and, and those plans. But at the same time, you know, We should have beat Syracuse. I I believe that we're the better team. I think we're better than Syracuse. I feel like if we had another opportunity to play them this week, we would win. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't go down that way. We we came out. uh, I really think, you know, we can dive into all the details of it. But I, I really think that, I mean, the game started perfect. Syracuse got the ball to start. They went three and out with, you know, this quarterback making his first career start, a running guy went three and out. Liberty gets the ball, drives the length of the field. They could not stop our run uh, with T.J. Green and Shadrow Lewis. And unfortunately, we had to settle for a field goal, which if you recall, Freeze was lining up to go for it on fourth down, that fourth and two play there around the 15-yard line. We'd lined up to go for it on that, on that play. And Uh, the the ball was snapped and we started to run the play was similar to that fourth down play we had there in the fourth quarter fourth and goal at the two or three yard line when Malik ran out to the right it was he was started to do the same thing but he had called the timeout just before because it was getting late in the play clock and probably didn't like what he saw so I think that has a lot to do with what ended up happening there in the fourth quarter but then he calls the timeout and changes it up and goes to the field goal and when Barbier misses that field goal, it completely changed the momentum of the game. We go from being up three, nothing, the game plan starting out perfectly for us to now it's zero, zero, and Syracuse has all the momentum and our defense couldn't stop them the next three drives. The next thing you know, it's 14 to nothing. And, you know, we're facing the uphill battle the rest of the way. So, but yeah, I mean it was, man, sorry to ramble on, but it, it was very difficult. And I'm glad you know this is Monday night we're talking. I'm glad it's been a few days because uh, I, I needed those extra days.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be really difficult to turn the page, but let's let's talk about the game for a second. You mentioned a little bit there, but what are your main takeaways? I think that's the reason it may may have been more difficult because I felt like we were more talented. I felt like we had the better quarterback. I felt like we had the better game plan. Um, it just to me it felt like they had one weapon. And that was that running back that we could not tackle, we could not get down for loss. We couldn't put them in bad situations where for a negative yards or whatever. So credit to them. But that's maybe why it hurts so much. And uh what are what are your takes on the actual game? Like I guess was it just their running back? Was it was it poor line play? What did we just not turn it over too much? What was the problem? What was the main why did we not win that game from an X's and O's or just a scheme standpoint?
1: I have no problems with our defense. I know we gave up, you know, 24 points, but, you know, really 21. Those last three, you know, came off the turnover. But those 21 points and they, you know, 14 in the first half, and then they got a touchdown their first drive of the second half. But after that, our team complete – our defense completely turned it around. I mean, they went – the the next three drives they had after that they got to 21 points there in the second half, they had a grand total of 13 yards over three drives. And no points. Then their next drive uh, was the one after we turned it over on downs there inside the five yard line. They picked up the one first down, but then had to punt, and we got the ball back with just over four minutes left. So they went four consecutive drives with uh, four straight punts. You know, picking up you know thirty to forty yards on those drives. Our defense gave the team. The offense had the ball twice with a, in a tie game the last six minutes of the game where they could, could take the lead. So the, I don't, I don't fault our defense at all. I mean, they were unable, Syracuse couldn't pass. They didn't try to pass really, but when they did, they couldn't. Uh, yeah. We had a hard time bringing down uh, their running back, which Sean Tucker, I mean, he, he's a stud and he's still a freshman. You know, he was a true freshman last year that that dude's going to be playing on Sundays Gonna be playing a long time for a lot of money uh, if he stays healthy, but he's a stud. And we, we had a difficult time with you know, stopping him. But watch Syracuse this year. That guy's going to put up a lot of yards and a lot of numbers, and he's going to get a lot of accolades. Um, I've even seen him mentioned for as a dark horse Heisman candidate after uh, this week. Uh, if they are able to win some games, he will be. So I don't, I don't have it. I think our defense was fine. Our defense was good enough to win the game. Uh, I think the offense was too. I mean, if you look at the stats, Liberty won the stat sheet. You know, they outgamed them through the air. Uh, i them in total offense time of possession was very even there was, you know, one turnover that Liberty had compared to zero for Syracuse, which I ultimately ended up being the difference, you know, Liberty missed the, the one field goal Syracuse missed the field goal 50 some yarder, um, you know, Liberty had the, the turnover on down. So Liberty had two possessions in the red zone that ended up with zero points um, with the one they went for on fourth down in the fourth quarter and then the missed field goal there and the, the first drive of the game. Uh, so that really turned the game. Um, you know, so it was really the offense's inability, the offense's uh, inability to execute at cru- in crucial moments. The two red zone trips that it resulted in zero points, the Malik turnover, um, and, and I'm sure we can get into the, the that d- drive with the four plays from inside the five-yard line where we couldn't get into it. I think Hugh Freeze went into it very in-depth his, in his press conference on Monday. If you haven't had a chance to watch that or go back and read it uh, on our website, Cred.com, with what he had to say. He broke it down play-by-play, play, uh, which was great to hear him do that. But, um, you know, from X's and O's standpoint, I, I think we, we, were, we were right there with him. We just didn't execute in crucial moments, which in a game against an ACC opponent, which you know is going to be tightly contested and decided the last couple drives of the game or the last play of the game as this one played out, you have to execute in those critical times. We did it last year against Virginia Tech. We did it against Syracuse in the third quarter, second and third quarters before it ever got to, to be a close game. Uh, we did it against NC State until that last drive, uh, you know, where we ended up, uh, having the field goal block, so when when you're in close games like that, and we'll probably have another one this week at u a b you have to execute, and our our offense did not execute uh, consistently enough or maybe even at all really and, and I mean they did enough to to tie the game at twenty one but then other than that, they didn't do enough uh, for us to get the win. <laughs> I'm
2: not ready to quite flip the page quite yet uh, i got a few more questions about syracuse sorry to keep kind of twisting his knife here but i want to figure out what what kind of was going on from a mindset perspective <laughs> felt like we as a fan base maybe as a team i don't know friezes is, is brilliant at kind of doing that with the uh you know his motivational tactics and whatnot but what what are your thoughts just of wh- the complacency of the team and where we were um and maybe not the team but complacency maybe overconfidence was some of that kind of handled on with a loss do you think that this could be maybe a good thing going forward i mean it was very unlikely we were going to take uh go undefeated this season it was it was it was on the table but it was unlikely that maybe we should so anyway um what are your thoughts on just that were we overcome were we overconfident uh, as a fan base and can this be beneficial
1: um yeah from a fan base perspective, I think uh, yeah, you know and and freeze mentioned that a lot in his press conference on Monday and uh, he kind of you know said, I tried to forewarn you guys, you know this isn't going to be easy and and you and I've talked about it several times throughout the summer and leading up you know to the season starting this year and um, you know it, it's a tough schedule and you know we had A lot of close games, a lot of one and two possession games last year, and they all went our way with the exception of the NC State game. And uh, will we be that fortunate this year? Uh, So far in in this one game that was so close there in the fourth quarter, the Troy game was, we were kind of in control there. And, uh, you know, so this is our first game. This really was decided the last couple possessions of the game, and it didn't go our way. Um, You know, and you look at this UAB game, it's another one that could be like that. Uh, certainly, um, you know, Ole Miss, I mean, I think we'd be fortunate for it to be decided the last couple plays of the game. Uh, Louisiana, Army, those are more games at the end of the schedule that that could certainly be decided uh, very closely and at the end of the game. So, you know, will we have those breaks go our way? Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I think, you know, from a team perspective, perspective we'll have to see how they respond this week. I mean it's it'll be hard to say even if we come out and lose to UAB, that doesn't mean we didn't respond effectively. UAB is a really good team. I mean they're favored. I'm not surprised. I was picking them ever since the schedule came or not since the schedule came out because they came out a couple years ago, but ever since we turned the calendar to 2021, I was kind of saying, you know, that UAB game is going to be one that's going to be a tough game. And I I picked it preseason and and during the offseason. Uh, for us to uh, lose, that'd be one of the two games we lose this year. And I hope I'm wrong, and, and I hope they're able to, to right the ship and, and come out on top. But um, it will be it'll be interesting to see how they they respond. You know, th- does this give them extra motivation, or or are they down in the dumps for a few days and, and taking a few days to get over this Syracuse loss, or are they, you know, do they show up to practice this week with a fire in their belly, belly, a rejuvenated spirit to say, hey, let's Let's get back at it. You know, we still got a lot of football to play in front of us, and uh, we still got a lot of winnable games that we can, you know, still make the season a special one because, you know, that certainly is all still true. Everything that Liberty wants to play for is still in front of them. Um, You know, it would be a little bit more difficult to get in the top 25, a little bit more difficult to get to 10 wins, but it's still possible.
2: Yeah, they're with you. So one thing I've noticed with the fan base, obviously, I think Liberty has a very special fan base with the, you know, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier on Twitter, but basically we all have, it's more than just being a fan of a football team. It's more than just being a fan of your alma mater. We all have a connection to the university um, through, you know, the the religious aspect and then just what it means to us and the life changing moments that happen on the mountain there for most of us that are alumni from the from the place so we all kind of have this a little bit kind of a different take on it um but one thing i would say is is two two points i want to make is after a loss it feels like that everything that you felt like was going really well whether that's just the positivity and everything with the fans that starts cracking a little bit and you start seeing these people that you regularly interact with on twitter or message or group chats i don't know how many group chats i'm in that talk liberty football but they you know there's a little bit of just snarkiness or just a, a, some of that positivity kind of wears off after a lo- tough loss like that um so that's the first part is have you experienced any of that the second is uh basically um you know is it okay for us to refer to the team and the university, as we, I kind of had said that we do this and we do that. And when I say that, I'm talking about us as a as a fan base, us as a university, us as a team. You know, I don't lace them up. Obviously, obviously, I probably have less athletic ability in my left in my whole body than Malik has in his left pinky. Um, <laughs> so it's not like I'm uh, <laughs> not like I am uh, delusional thinking that I'm a part of the team. But when you when you eat and breathe this stuff as much as we do, it kind of feels that way. So I guess the, the two-part question, is it always like this? Does it always get a little bit edgy after a tough loss within the fan base? And then, and then locker room, I mean, I, I can see how it would easily creep into a locker room after a loss. I'm not sure it has. I mean, it only happened Friday night, so I haven't, I'm not sure. But then the second thing is, um, how do you, how do you relate to this team? I mean, obviously you have a little bit different perspective because of the website, but you know, is it, does it become part of your life where you kind of have bad days when the team has a bad day and you kind of get, you kind of, you, you, things go better when we win. Is that, that's kind of a loaded question there, but what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's a loaded
2: question, but yeah. Um,
1: yeah, man. I mean, I, I, Friday night, Saturday, I, it was a rough time, man. I, I, I felt down in the dumps and, uh, you know, it was hard for me to, to to get back into it and and there's times you know i had a text from from one of our our guys that uh, helps cover the team for us and and everybody that does is a diehard liberty fan so and he just texted me and this was i was on the press conference so in between questions i responded to him but he just texted me and said uh john I'm, i'm not really feeling feeling it right now. I don't think I can, you know, do my post game uh, requirements that, that we've been doing. And I, I immediately text them back. It's like, man, I'm right there with you, but we got to push through, fight through it, you know, because it's, you know, because it's in t- moments of defeat that, uh, you know, fans are looking for a voice. They're looking for someone to put into words what they feel and how they feel and how, how to react, you know, how should we react. And, uh, I feel like for, from a Sea of Red perspective, that's kind of, you know, I've always prided ourselves on being able to be the voice of the fans and and be a voice of reason. And, and but at the same time, when we're feeling down the dumps, it's OK to come and, you know, commiserate with us and, and let's all chat together. And because we know we're all going through the same thing together. So that's the beauty of being a fan is. Uh yeah, yeah, we have some euphoric moments, some great mountaintop experiences, and it's fun to experience those. But at the same time, it's fun. I'm not going to say it's fun, but at the same time, we go through difficult times. It's kind of like a family. We all have ups and downs. And when you go through those difficult times, it's it's good to have someone or someones that you can go through that those moments with. And, and you can text or call or, or get on a message board and talk about or get on social media and talk about or get on. Uh, see a red.com and, and read and, and communicate with others to, to understand, Hey, we're all in this together. We all feel like crap right now, but Hey, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way and we'll get through it. And uh, you know, it's okay to be that way. And, and, you know, it, I, and I've, I've heard people say, and I've told my, told myself this the same thing the last few days is, you know, it, yes, we should be happy that, Liberty has been as as successful as they've been in the past, you know, two years, year plus, uh, and and how well that that things have gone under Coach Freeze and and getting to this point. And it's okay to be, be, uh, you know, proud in that the school, the football team went to Syracuse against an ACC opponent on the road expecting to win. And we feel like crap because we didn't, because we feel like we should have, like we should have won. It's okay to feel that way, but at the same time, it's okay to be like, upset that we lost you know because let's be honest we should have won that game you know we were good enough to win and it's okay to be upset it's okay to you know people have second guessed coach freeze a lot I, I've second guessed coach freeze I don't necessarily um, agree with everything he did in that game uh, I'll be the first to admit it. and if I was you know if he was sitting right here across from me I'd tell him the same thing you know and that's okay I mean I think he would you know understand that I mean uh, but but at the same time I wouldn't want another football coach for Liberty right now. And, you know, I think we all know that. So just because you disagree with someone or, or don't agree with something they did or or something like that doesn't mean you, you don't like them and you don't want them to to be back or you you want somebody to come in and take a job or something. No, of course not. Um, But, but it's okay to, you know, you know, think about your best friend or a coworker or or your spouse or your kids or your parents, you know, you love them wholeheartedly. Right. But at the same time, they're going to, do things that make you mad and you don't dis and you don't agree with, you disagree with them, but that doesn't mean that you're going to stop loving them. And I, you know, I use the word love kind of loosely there with, with coach freeze and and players and things like that. But uh, I think you understand what I mean. And, um, but, but yeah, I mean, being a fan, you know, it's fun when it's fun and it, at the same time, when you go through these tough times, it's, it, they're good, you know, through growth, I wrote an article today that's, through Liberty football hopes to to grow through this time of adversity, and and it's through those times that we're down in the dumps that that we can come back stronger, and and hopefully that'll be the case for uh, for this Liberty football team, and hopefully it'll uh, be the case for this um
2: you know Liberty fan base. That's so well said, man. You brought a lot of perspective, and you bring a lot of perspective. Been around the program for a long time. Um, Growing up as a UVA fan, I mean, I I know you've seen the ups and downs and kind of know what it takes to get there. And so much appreciated on that perspective. I think you nailed it. Um, So just keep that in mind as we're interacting with other Flames fans and uh, just just know that whenever whenever we go through a tough loss like that, you know, it's not the time to. Kind of snap at each other, kind of, you know, that's part of it too. That, don't get me wrong. I'm going to definitely take a few, make a few toxic tweets here and there just for, just because I'm upset. But look, we got, we have come so far and uh, one loss like that on a season does not define where we are as a program. Um, yeah, I to- totally agree with everything you just said. All right. I think we can finally flip this page here, move to UAB and what I have told you previously, I think, is do or die. I know that that is just like, you know, here we are trying to look, I, I'm not trying to drum up business for the game. I don't could care less how many people watch it on ESPN. I don't have any stake in it hardly. And I'm just saying it feels like a do or die game. It feels like if we win this game, we bounce back. And I say we again, we bounce back and we still have everything you were talking about. The top 25 is possible. 10 wins is possible. You know, game day at Ole Miss is still possible if we win on Friday night. I mean, on Saturday against UAB. If we lose, that's two in a row. Then what does that do for the psyche of a team? What does that do for the fan base? What does that do for everything that we had kind of built up in our minds for this season? You know, will we overreact and say that it's die and we're, the season's over? Yes, we will. But <laughs> – is that true? I don't know. I don't know. This is like a huge magnitude. This game on Saturday could be one of the most pivotal games. I, I think it is the most pivotal game of the season. If we win this, only because we followed up with a couple of cupcakes, Middle Tennessee, UMass, I can't name the rest, um, but we have a North, couple in. Yeah. yeah, North Texas. We have a couple in there. We should go on a winning streak after Saturday, uh, win or lose. So it feels like if we can win this one, get back on the right track. Um, reel off a couple of wins over some easier teams and then head down to Ole Miss, then that could define the season and not Syracuse loss and not two in a row against UAB. So, John, am I overhyping Is it do or die on the season? Is it a huge pivotal point in the season? Or can we still accomplish everything no matter the outcome we want on Saturday?
1: No, I mean, I I agree with where you're coming from. I, I think the phrase do or die, in my opinion, is a little too strong. Uh, but but I understand where you're coming from, and I've heard other people say that uh, as well. Um, you, you, you know, and I think it's true. I mean, if you get to a second loss here and then you've got four straight games against teams, Liberty would be a heavy favorite. You know, you've got uh, Middle Tennessee State, um, North Texas, ULM, and uh, UMass before you would get to to the Ole Miss, Ole Miss game. And, I mean, doesn't matter how many you – point you win any of those next four games by it, nobody's gonna you know look twice at it they're just kind of like, oh, okay cool um you know so it, you know and, and at that point in time liberty would be what three and if they lose saturday three and two seven and two so i mean you'd, you'd have it i mean that's a nice record seven and two going into the final three games of the year but nobody's they're gonna be like oh well they've only played two real teams they lost to them both in uab and in Syracuse. So I'm not going to say it's a do or die game, but I do agree it's very pivotal. And I, I've said all along, these first five games uh, I thought were crucial to the team's success. You know, if we could somehow come through at four and one, that puts us in a perfect place. I mean, sure, would we love to be five and zero, oh? of course we would. But, you know, Troy game was going to be a tough one. We knew Syracuse was going to be a tough one. And of course, we know UAB is going to be a tough one. If we can somehow get through here four and one, which we still can. And that sets us up to go into the last, you know, half of the season with everything still to play for. You know, we can go down to Ole Miss, hopefully at eight and one uh, with a huge game nationally televised, I'm sure, uh, against a very good team. And, um, you know, in Ole Miss and see what happens, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And then you got Louisiana and Army who, you know, those teams are off to a really good start too. Army's four and oh. Uh, Louisiana's three and one with a loss to, uh, to Texas. So, I mean, those three games will be very tough. So yes, it's a huge game. Um, I'm not going to say it's a do or die, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, we need to win this game and, and UAB coach free said they're better. He didn't say they're better than Syracuse, but he said they're better. They're the best team we've faced so far this year. And I agree with them. Um, You know, UAB is very good. They're, their defense is as good, if not better, than Syracuse's. They, they're the CUSA, Conference USA defending champs. They won the Conference USA two out of the last three years. Uh, they look to be the class of the conference again this year. Uh, they're opening up their brand new, uh, shiny $200 million stadium down there in Birmingham. Uh, it, from pictures and videos, it, the place looks amazing. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. Um you know they've they've got a solid offense. Bill Clark is one of the most highly regarded uh, group of five coaches in the country. Um, I'm looking forward to that. You know, and Hugh Freeze has always said, you know, Liberty is striving to be one of the best non-power five uh, programs in the country. And you know, we've seen Liberty play some of these teams. They played Louisiana back in his second game uh, at Liberty in 2019, and. And things didn't go so well, and now um, they, they get another shot here against um, against UAB, who's you know in the, that top echelon of Group of Five of teams. And you know it's interesting; Liberty has not lost to a Group of Five team um, since that Louisiana game, if you don't count BYU as a, as a non-power five. They're going to the Big Twelve now. Then Liberty's only lost to Syracuse, NC State. Virginia BYU, and Rutgers any other non power five team Liberty has beaten um, you know coastal Carolina, all the other teams in in their has beaten so uh, th- this will be the toughest test I think to to continue that streak, uh, but I think it's one that you know we'll we'll find out a lot about liberty
2: uh, on Saturday night down in birmingham yeah we're set. we'll find out what this team is made of and uh, I have a feeling we will not be disappointed I think that uh, as far as motivation and and those types of things freeze as far as schematics as far as everything recruiting as all that goes freeze is one of the best in the country but to me his his ability to relate to these kids and get them to kind of bounce back is one of the top reasons he gets paid so well to do what he does uh, as, as one of the best coaches in the country so fully expect the team to flip the page a little bit quicker than maybe us fans are able to. We only have, well, it's kind of painful. We have eight days this this week to kind of try to shake this one off and get ready for uh, Saturday, but looking forward to it. John, I wanted to um, ask two more things. I know I've got you a long time here tonight, but Two things, and two things and, and you can summarize these in one answer here. Uh, top 25, is it still possible? I think you've already said that earlier, but how far do you think we'll fall in the polls? Will we be outside of the top 50? And then the second question I have is um, about Malik Heisman. So give us an update on the top 25 and then Malik for Heisman. Um, where do we stand with that? Did he completely... Kind of I know that you had said he probably needed to go undefeated, maybe one loss, um, but what his performance, his numbers on Saturday um, do they keep him in the conversation? yeah, he's still in the
1: conversation um i, I don't i I don't think he's going to be able to win the Heisman uh, with a loss um, and, and certainly if we end up with two or three losses, you know there's no chance but you know if, if Liberty were to to get hot and and, and win out from here on. Uh, including a win over Ole Miss, and, and Malik puts up the numbers that he would have to put up for Liberty to do that. He's going to be right there in the conversation. He's still, you know, hanging around as a you know top ten candidate for for Heisman. If you look at Vegas odds after Week Four, so so he's still in that conversation. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing for Malik and his Heisman chances. I don't like I said. I don't think he's going to be able to win it now. Uh, I really didn't think he ever really had a, a true shot to actually win the Heisman Trophy. But, you know, can he be a finalist? Uh, That would be huge for this program, and and, uh, he still can. You know, Liberty probably has to, you know, get to 10-2, and and he has to put up some crazy numbers. Uh, So that's one of the things I think he's shooting for. As far as the top 25, I was actually surprised. You know, Liberty did not get any votes in the AP, which is what I expected. But in the coaches' poll, Liberty actually got 11 votes. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, maybe those 11 coaches that voted or however many coaches it was that voted for Liberty to, to still be in the top 25 must have been sleeping Friday night and didn't watch the end of the game or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Liberty can still get in the top 25. It's going to you know, they they got to beat UAB to still be in that conversation, uh, but they can get back in there. If they were to, to beat UAB this week and then uh, reel off those next four games and get out to, you know, what would that be? Eight and one, I think it would be going into Ole Miss. They're, they would definitely be receiving votes, you know, a lot of votes at that point in time. Uh, would they be in the top 25? Probably not. Maybe, maybe back to where they were going to the Syracuse game, you know, just 26, 27, 28, right in that range, uh, which again, going up against Ole Miss, then, you know, you got to win that game to get into it. So uh, there's still a chance, um, you know, maybe 10 and two at the end of the year, going to the bowl season, uh, they could, crack back into that top 25, but, uh, there, there's still a chance for both, but, you know, with every loss, it's only been one, but with, with each loss, those, uh, odds for each continue to dwindle
2: said, uh, I think that also another thing going, I mean, there's two different things. You got Heisman and you got draft stock. Um, and, and one of those, I think went up on Friday on Friday and one of those went down on Friday. Uh, we'll talk more about that as the season progresses. Um, I will say that the other Heisman candidates, really the front runners at the beginning of the season, uh, they're not doing so well. So um, you know, there's no real front runner other than the guy at Ole Miss, and we'll get a chance to play him here in a couple weeks. John, this is why I respect the heck out of your takes on Liberty, is because in times like this, wherever we all kind of feel down and and whatnot. Uh, you put some great perspective on it and uh, got me pumped up for Saturday. We're ready to roll and, uh, and you know, we will always phantom. That's what we do. And uh, no matter how bad the team is, trust me, we've put in our time with the bad teams. But uh, it, it was kind of, kind of one of those things. I don't want this roller coaster to end or this wave to end. And uh, I saw the glimpse of that on Friday for a little bit, but now we're back on the wave and uh, hopefully we can cruise into a nice finish of the season and a good bowl game. So... John, always appreciate it. And uh, as always, go Flames.
0: This KR22 Hoops Update is sponsored by Young Seal Coating. For optimum pavement protection, check out youngsealcoating.com. I'm Kyle Rode, and this is your weekly Hoops Update. Flames Nation is a big week for your men's basketball team. And it started yesterday on the baseball diamond as we defeated the coaches in our annual coaches versus players softball game. Um, it was a big, big night for us offensively, putting up over 30 runs, uh, played great defense as well. And it was just an all-around great night. And it was super fun to compete uh, on, a different, on a different playing field uh, with everybody. It's always one of the most fun nights of the year. Uh, we have a super special family. And uh, it, was, it was an awesome time. And normally that means practice is officially starting in a couple days. So this Thursday we'll be out on the court, allowed four hours a day. I'm super excited to dive in with everybody uh, and get the season going, um, get to watch more film, uh, more practice time on the court, uh, continue to grow as players and grow as men. So uh, super excited for what this week holds. And this is your KR22 Hoops Update. We are
2: somewhat live with 55. We are recording. I uh, had some technical difficulties over on Twitter and YouTube live streaming this tonight. But we want to make sure we're going to make sure we got to it. We are going to record on Zoom and I'll post this video tomorrow. Um, but, man, it has been, let's see, today's Monday, a Friday night game. First of all, what was it like having your whole weekend open during the season with, uh, you know, being able, were you able to watch any games on Saturday, being that you played on Friday night? Um, when did you guys? When did you guys get back? Home? Were you able to kind of take it all in on Saturday, or or was it uh, a little bit different than that?
3: Yes, yeah, so we got back at like three in the morning on a Saturday morning, and uh, just slept in. And I don't think I left my couch. It's always nice to feels like high school again, watching college football the whole day, and then um, yeah, it was very relaxing and much needed. I was thankful to have that day
2: off. Yeah, so let's not confuse this uh, this glass of water. This is anything we drink these days is L.U. Kool-Aid. We're always on the positive side of things, uh, but tough loss, man. It was a it was a tough loss. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I was disappointed. I thought we I thought we I thought we had it together, um, and we just didn't play very well as a team. But what is your take on it? and I, And I know that I've heard a lot of we need to learn from this, we need to grow from this if if that's the case, what are you learning, and how are you growing to help help you be a better player? and uh maybe the team some something maybe the team is learning and growing um through something like that and and look, uh, you know we're always going to be fans or we're you know we're always going to support the flames and I'm sure you're going to have the most professional answer I've ever heard to this question coming up, but You know, what what is it that you take away from a tough game like that? And if it's learning and growing, what are you trying to learn and grow as a player and then as a team?
3: Team. Yeah, the first thing I took away is our team can fight with our back against the wall. We were put in a very unideal situation going down 14 points in the third quarter. And um, obviously not happy about the uh, end of the game, but (laughs) to see us battle back down 14, tied up, and have the guts to push through, that was awesome to see. When we say learn and grow, there's new things to learn and grow through every single week. So in that week, particularly, you're playing a power five opponent with bigger, faster, stronger guys in an environment that is super loud and that provides new things to learn from. So now our communication on the field is going to be improved because we've played in, loud and, in a loud environment and we learn through that. We grow through that. We find things that work and things that didn't work and adjust to that. So just the experience for a lot of the young guys um, dealing with the loud crowd, bigger, fast, stronger guys. I think we definitely puts us in a better position down the road in the season because we've been in a difficult situation an uncomfortable situation. And I think we will definitely come out better because of it.
2: So one more question about Syracuse and then we'll flip the script over to UAB. Who's coming up uh, <laughs> huge game coming up this Saturday, but with Syracuse, uh the defensive line what problems did they present to the offensive line was it was it the schematics was it the overpowering was it just the communication problems you were talking about what was what was some of the things that presented a problem for the offensive line on on friday night
3: i would say it had nothing to do physically i thought we did moved them off the ball in the run game and but i would say communication and uh were some times they, they do a lot of slants and a lot of twists and stuff they got us a couple times which you knew going in that was going to happen and um but i was say communication and then their movement was a little bit of an issue but um besides that i think
2: i think we played all right but obviously not good enough to win <laughs> this is one thing i've i've learned about free about freeze and his time here at liberty i guess it was just it was his thirties and something like that i I've learned that he he kind of capitalizes on these types of things with the whole team, middle team. And uh, so what's been the mood with the team and how how have you guys so for me personally as a fan, I'm a fan. I'm gonna hold this until kickoff at UAB on Saturday, but you guys don't have that that luxury. You you pretty much have to basically flush it for you says immediately and kind of move on. Move on. It's a seat you have to prepare every week. And college football is so unique, you only get 12 opportunities to do this thing. Um, but, so how do you do that? How do you flush something like that and prepare for what I think is one of the best teams we'll face all year, uh, if not the best we've played so far, I think is what Freeze said in his conference, his press conference. So how do you, you as an individual, how do you flush this, flush this type of thing? Um, and then has a as a team, is there is an exercise you go through, or is there just some conversations you have to have with your with your room or is it a whole team getting together and saying, all right, guys, all right, guys, on what is the kind of the process for flushing something like that and moving on? Yeah, first,
3: yeah, first off, you're correct. This is a very, very good team. And I think something that our team has noticed that I noticed today is we respect them very highly, which is a good sign because that's gonna mean the guys will be preparing like they should and get ready for this game. As far as flipping the script, um, it's just kind of something you learn to do as you continue to play. And uh, Saturday and Sunday bit at me, and I was upset about it and not happy. But after you watch that film and get the corrections made, um, it's out the door. And you immediately start, you know, you literally go from watching the last play of the game and you start watching UAB's defense. So watching them and uh, seeing how they line up, what kind of schemes they run defensively, and um, coming up with our plan to attack them. <clears throat> um,
2: what is What has been your experience like so far through four games uh, with having, I, I guess, the super seniors? I know you call them, they call them Dirty Tom and Tristan, and, and these guys have been kind of, the, the offensive line hasn't changed a lot, which is pretty unique. I mean, being that cohesive of a unit, what has your experience been like playing with super seniors so far this year in terms of just like maybe even in this situation where you're kind of flipping the script? Uh, here we are Monday night recording this. Uh, how have having those guys and yourself, I mean, you're, you're a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, but I consider you. I mean, you've been around the program for a while. You're kind of you're going to be one of those super seniors one of these days. And it's like how how have having those guys. Get through something like this, and just this, and just in season how nice has it been to have their leadership, and, and 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 their play too. I mean, they've they've been playing pretty well so far this season. How would you kind of uh, assess that, and kind of uh, say, yeah, this is this is definitely where they help out. Yeah, it's been huge to have them. um I
3: was sitting there thinking the other day. I'm
2: like, man, I can't
3: imagine not having them because their entire dynamic would be completely different, not even close to what it is now, and. Obviously, aside from them being, you know, four really good football players with a ton of experience off the field, it helps me and the other guys because they've been through so much and they've seen so much. They know how to ask the tough questions. They know how to find the answers. They know how to go throughout your business when something like this happens. And, you know, taking that wisdom from them is huge and it will only help me and the other guys become better because of it.
2: Yeah, and that's really cool to hear. So before we go any further, I want to mention our sponsors. This is uh, sponsored by this Live of 55 is sponsored by RT Rogers. Good friend of mine, Greg Rogers. He's the owner. He is a Liberty alumni, strong supporter of the Liberty Athletics. Um, RT Rogers is an SOA agent. They were established same year as Liberty in 1971. Uh, They basically are energy distribution um, states they keep thousands of commercial and industrial customers on the move every day, regardless of the fueling needs or location, they bring fuel exceptional service and leading expertise right to you. Uh, I had to read that because I'm not good enough yet to to memorize all that. So uh, Brendan, that'll be on you next week to to read that. So practice up, memorize if you need to. Um, But I will say this about R.T. Rogers, they deliver fuel in West Virginia in some of the most tough places I've ever seen a propane or a a diesel fuel truck get to get to. So they get fuel basically anywhere. Um, All right. Last question for you here is about you personally. Um, What are you studying at school and what do you plan to do whenever you whenever you graduate here? I mean, you're going to grab and still have how many years of eligibility left. So you're going to go to grad school. Are you going to try to, what, what is your plan? Do you have a plan yet? Are you just kind of coasting through or what's, what's the deal with you off the field as a student?
3: Yeah, so I've actually already graduated with two degrees. Um, I have one in finance and one in sales and, manage, uh, sales and marketing. So I graduated with two degrees and uh, I started my MBA in business uh, at the beginning of the season. And uh, with three years left of football, I uh, plan to get that done within about a year, year and a half. And I don't know what the next step degree-wise is after that, after football. Um, I love talking with people. I love uh, building relationships and the whole concept of business, whether it's finance, sales, um, real estate. So I don't know exactly what path I'd like to go in. I like the concept of all of them and being involved in them. So uh, that's something I'll make you know, a priority in a couple years but um just build my skills in those areas and continue to
2: network with classmates and learn some more materials the goal right now yeah man you're you're killing it you're absolutely killing it. you're doing awesome with these live with 55s uh I, I can definitely tell that you've got some polished skills here and um you know what man I, I will tell you i will tell you that in this uh kind of thing where you're getting in front of a camera and camera and talking answer tough questions about a hard loss uh, dude, it has helped me in my personal career more than you would know. Uh, you know, I do this a lot with, with my job. I get in front of a lot in front of a lot of people talk about tough situations or, or, or any, uh, this is, this can definitely help with that, but you're, you're killing it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you uh, have some success on the football field this year. And then, um, I know that you will, uh, you will have some success off the field, but Hey, appreciate it all the time. Uh, sorry for the little bit of a little bit of a cheer and uh, we will catch up with you on Saturday is at UAB. So we will be talking to you again next Sunday evening. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we have a game, but uh, as always, man, we're always going to be fan of are huge fans of 55. We watch you every play. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll watch the game kind of for the game and just focus on much as I can, but I always go back and rewatch and watch and watch the line, watch your play. So I have, I had actually Googled how to grade an offensive lineman. So I've been grading you and shocking. I might be off, but I had you graded out pretty well against Syracuse. So uh, keep it up, man. You're doing well and uh, always appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you so much.
4: Back for week five of the Liberty line after the Flames suffered a tough 24-21 loss on the road to Syracuse. First loss of the season for the Flames, well, it was our first losing week since who knows when. So we just like Liberty, will look to bounce back this Saturday, as will we. And this week, they're back on the road again. Got to travel to Birmingham, Alabama to take on the UAB Blazers. Both teams come into the game with a 3-1 overall record. And both teams are also 3-1 against the spread. Last week, UAB beat Tulane 28-21. It's been an interesting season for the Blazers. As their defense has played pretty well in three of their four games, allowing 21 points or less in those games. We will give them a pass on the other game they had to play this season, week two, on the road against number two, Georgia. That didn't go so well. They lost 56 to seven, but we'll give them a pass on that. I don't think anybody was expecting that game to be really competitive. Offensively, for the Blazers, they've looked much better the last two weeks, scoring 40 points against North Texas and then 28 points. As I mentioned earlier in that win against Tulane for the Flames, they've been up and down offensively. I know a lot of us as fans have kind of understood some of the struggles, but they've scored only 21 points in two of their last three games, being last week against Syracuse and then a couple weeks ago on the road to Troy. A lot of people are wondering how the Flames are going to respond this week. It's been a long time since they lost a game. On Sunday, the line came out for this week's game as Liberty plus one as they're on the road. And it slowly moved. A little bit of money is coming in on UAB. It's now Liberty plus two. The total, it started at 50. It really hasn't moved much. Dropped down to 49.5 in some places, but it's back at 50 at most places. So not a lot of movement there and not a lot of action so far. Our plays for this week, if you're wondering, we think Liberty will bounce back. And the offense should be able to find themselves. So we like Liberty to actually win outright this game. We're not going to take the two points. We'll go with the money line. Instead of taking the two points and laying minus 110, we'll take the money line. That means Liberty has to win. And that line is at plus 105, so you get a little bit more bang for your buck. For the total, I think it'll go over. I'm looking at a final score of 30 to 23, it will certainly be a close game. But we feel like Liberty will get back to their winning ways. For this week's Liberty
2: Line, I'm Jared Brooks. you need any audio editing mixing or sound design for your projects reach out to our guy jonathan luna you can find him at johnny underscore moon or you can visit his website lunasound.design